Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, good morning. It's Hello. nice to see you. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, well, sweating from all corners over here. <laughs> it's really hot. It's really hot. Has summer landed? Oh my gosh, yeah. Although it's really bad in the Pacific Northwest. So over here in New York, we can't complain because it's in the 30s, but it's not like 40. So mm. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that is toasty. It is hot, yes. But how are things going? It sounds like it's more moderate over on your side of the pond. Yes, it is. We've had mixed weather, really. At the weekend, it was supposed to be raining all weekend, but we had some beautiful sunshine yesterday, <gasps> so managed to sit in the garden oh, and enjoy the garden furniture. And enjoy the... And remember from Ooh, last oop. week, guys, we thought it would be a bad <laughs> omen that you got the book, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. No, good. so all is good, and we've got some sunshine today. Nice, nice. So good. we are good. Oh, right on. All right. Okay. Yeah. So how was your weekend? It was beautiful. Just had really lovely, chilled weekend with my man and ate lots of lovely scrummy food. It's just nice and relaxed. It's lovely. Oh, yeah. Very nice. And is everything pretty open in Jersey? Like, what's the lockdown scene looking like? Well, the numbers are rising in Jersey, um, which Mm. is causing a little bit of um, tension. And um, there's quite a lot of people in isolation. So Mm. there was something like 1,200 people in isolation, which is causing a few few troubles. Got it. So yeah, my daughter got tracked and raised. She was in isolation, but she decided to isolate with her friends because there was a lot of them who were tracked and raised because they were at a a birthday party. So they isolated together. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I just had to do food missions and uh, do food parcels. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So there is like a company with the misery. So yeah. it, it turns out to be not very miserable. Yeah. Oh, nice. So okay. it was like a shop this weekend. Oh. Mom. <laughs> oh, really? Can you just? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so sweet. You never stop being a mom. Never. Never. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. And how was your weekend? It was good. Um, Friday I went out paddling, which was really nice. No cops nice. were called, so um, that's good, <laughs> which was nice. <laughs> oh, and um, yeah, and I realized that I like listening to house music. I don't know why, but I don't. I like to listen to house music when I'm paddling. So that was a nice discovery. I mm. I finally found my Spotify groove, where I finally found the the mix that I like. It's always nice when you find when you when you're doing something like mm. working out or running or whatever, and you find that good yeah. groove. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I found that. It was very a balance nice. between entertaining and motivating. Yeah. So for me, like just a good old steady, like electronic beat. Yeah, that, that stuff is awesome. Something like very chill, cool house. That's where it's at. So I finally caught up to the early knots. I think I'm 20 years too late, <laughs> but I'm finally getting there. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm all edgy saying house and it's like, no, that's that's been around for like three years. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. Good times. So what's going on at the Relationship Desk of Love? Well, after this weekend, I can't fail but to mention the um, health secretary who was caught red-handed. Oh my God. (laughs) So it's all over the UK press. uh, Matt Hancock, who is the, or was, as he's just resigned, the (laughs) health secretary, was caught um, 
in a corridor, snogging and yeah. fumbling with his aid. So yes. what's even worse, I was reading in the um, paper at the weekend, was the camera that caught him was actually an illegal camera that was hidden <gasps> in a smoke alarm. So that's got to oh. hurt even more, right? Not only oh. have you been caught, but you've been caught on something that should never have been there. <gasps> oh, th- so that's interesting. Mm. Oh, interesting. So I saw the still and I was like, holy man, that was... I think kissing is not the right word for like total no. like pause, <laughs> hand on ass makeup zone. Yeah. 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 Holy shit. Yeah. So I do, I feel for his wife and his kids because like mm. that can't be nice um, <laughs> to have all of that splashed all over the press. And um, they were talking about it a little bit this morning on TV. And, and I think it's just a really unfortunate situation and mm. it's, it must just be awful to find mm-hmm. out presumably she thought she had a happy marriage and to mm. find out that way that you haven't yeah. and things aren't right is um must be absolutely devastating oh yeah devastating mm. and and listen and maybe she did know because i'm i'm of the belief that most people know if you're carrying on an affair this person doesn't well, have 100% attention to you you say that though but there were people on tv who were in a similar situation they were being interviewed and they said mm. that literally had no idea and uh, one of them was a, another celebrity and she found out because the newspaper rang her up the day before and said it's going to be in the press tomorrow. Oh. I just want to forewarn you. And she, her first reaction was it absolutely has to be a mistake. They must oh. have got it wrong. She rang her husband and said like to challenge him and just said, look, they're, they're saying this can't be right. He denied it. But then 10 minutes later, I rang her back and said, well, yeah, gee, it is true. And he owned <gasps> up to it. Oh, my gosh. So it must just be devastating, right? Wow. You're just happily, like, it would be like me saying I've had such an amazing weekend with my man. Yeah. And then finding yeah. out tomorrow that he was having an affair, right? Like, it would <sighs> just blow your world apart. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is unbelievable. <sighs> so, Ooh. yeah. So it's hot, 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 It hot is news. hot, yes. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's just an awful situation, I think. Well, I think it is. And I, I think it's quite unprecedented for us to really look up to our leaders at this time, because we've suffered over the last year and a half, the common yeah. man, but it really does show that there is a class system that some people have been more having more fun yeah. than others during Absolutely. this pandemic. Absolutely. And that is unforgivable. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are really cross because he's, you know, stood on the podium explaining to everybody, you can't have sex with somebody who's not in your household and yeah all you know you can't have any relations that aren't people that you live with yeah. and then there he is in the corridor yeah having a little yeah. bit of jiggy absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely so you can imagine that oh my then, god that's going to be annoying for a lot of people who've been yeah. told they couldn't do certain things yeah yeah and right for it to be annoying i think people should demonstrate their outrage people like this should lose their jobs it seems like overkill and it seems like the i'm not a fan of the person of people's personal lives being it happens in the u.s a lot where Mm. personal lives like the monica Lewinsky thing is is you know people are brought to their knees because of these like moral deviances and stuff but what counts to me more is that this class system of, you know, public health measures only apply to some people mm. and don't apply to the wealthy people. Uh, that shit's got to change because we're all yeah. pretty fed up. Yeah. And a lot of us have been suffering and under, under austerity measures for the better part of a year and a half. So we're mm. done. And uh, we'd like some snogging too. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> snogging with people outside of our family pods. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, so that was the hot news this this oh. weekend. You could not avoid it. <laughs> Even if you were living under a rock, you would have yeah. found this out. <laughs> wow. No, and it was actually big news over here too, for sure. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. Oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> but I follow the BBC. So yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely came to my notice. <gasps> Ooh, okay, so toasty. All right. So yeah. from that to a hot topic. Yeah, I think we're warmed up. Yeah, let's go. Oh, yes. <laughs> This week, we're going to talk about learning to self-soothe. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> That's very much <laughs> on the required, yes, so learning items. kind of came up a little bit in some of the discussions that we're having last week. So we thought it would be a really good hot topic for this week is just to really address what is it that we mean? Um, how do we do it? Like, wh- what does it help with? And just really explore it as a topic. Yeah, I think self-soothing is kind of something that's coming up in the younger years. Maybe you have kids who are sort of learning this in their curriculum. So take it away. Let us tell us what self-soothing means. So my interpretation is that it's dealing with unwanted emotions in a way that um, helps you to be able to cope or helps you to be able to shift from a, a state of whether it's stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. um, whether you're feeling discomfort. So helping you to move from that state to a happier, healthier, more productive state. Yeah. And why is this important? So you mentioned there about children, it comes up in children. And often it's a skill that we learn early on in life because mm-hmm. we talk about this quite a lot on the podcast. Like we're the only people we can control. We mm-hmm. can't control anybody else. I can't make you do something yeah. that you don't want to do. And neither should I. I'm still continuing my journey with Byron Katie. And she Mm -hmm. talks about it in a way where she says, um, you don't want to be in anyone else's business. And you don't want anybody to be in your business. (laughs) And I kind of think that that's a, it helps you to understand. Often we try and control so much. And generally when we're trying to control things, it's because there's an underlying fear there. Mm -hmm. So where we're trying to control somebody else's life, with a view to trying to control our own Mm -hmm. then we're kind of doing it all wrong so really what we should be doing is trying to kind of connect with who we are and what's important to us and Mm -hmm. what makes us tick and what makes a healthy happy life for us as individuals Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to sort everybody else's life out yeah so I think for me the reason why it's important is because we're then self-sufficient in our own mm. ways, in our own coping mechanism, in our ability to rescue ourselves, I guess, for want of a better yes. word. Because we probably don't need rescuing, but you get the gist. Oh, completely. I've seen this um, play out sort of in the most extreme senses is, so as a physician, if ever you've worked in emergency or worked in psychiatry on, on mm. an emergency basis, you see folks who at the extreme end of emotional coping is that when things go wrong, like they have a breakup or uh, they lose a job or, or they feel like perhaps their partner, it's often around romantic relationship where they feel that their partner is withdrawing for them or is not sort of, you know, stepping up. The emotional distress is so severe that they don't know how to cope with that pain. And so it could be thoughts or acts of self-harm. It could be, you know, to the nth degree. So a lot of folks will actually end up going to the emergency because they want to be 
in a controlled environment with people mm. around them to take care of them for a few days yeah. while they're sort of allowing their emotions to ride out. And then, you know, after a few days of a hospital admission, they're actually feeling great. And they're like, okay, I want to get out now because yeah. that emotional storm has passed. Mm. So I've seen the pain of an inability to self-soothe. And, and that yeah. can happen for many reasons from trauma and childhood and neglectful yeah. parents and so forth. But so there's a lot of pathology behind it, but just the pain of of having to ride out an emotional storm and not knowing how to self-soothe, yeah. it's extraordinarily torturesome. Yeah. And you touched upon there around kind of the alternatives that people use instead. Mm. And you, so, yes, one of them is, is self-harm. So that contemplation yeah. of actually, I don't, I want this pain to end so, yeah. so badly that I would be prepared to do something so drastic. Yeah. But yeah. there's also the, um, you know, the use of other substances, uh, oh, you yeah. know, alcohol, drugs. Um, it might be that you go out and put yourself in, in a risky kind of sexual situation yeah. or, oh, yeah. you know, there's all manner of things, shopping addiction, like all kinds of things that can then um transpire because all because you haven't got the ability to self-soothe yeah. so instead you turn it to something that numbs the pain yeah allows you to forget the pain and that's only temporary because as soon as you stop whatever the alternative strategy is mm. it comes back again mm. yep so we're not yep. in any better situation and in some some situations we're making it worse because we then get this real yo-yo of emotions, of emotional mm -hmm. state that comes. Mm -hmm. And it's then difficult to have relationships and connections mm -hmm. when we're in that place. Oh, most certainly. The inability to self-soothe in a healthy manner mm. will really not just be a detriment to yourself, but will really push others away. Oh, because yeah. it's just, there's chaos. I can't think of any other better word than just it's chaos mm. um, when you're not able to self-soothe. And unpredictability as well is kind of the thing mm. that springs to mind for me yeah. because you're not in control of your own emotions and thoughts and mm. actions. Therefore, you're not a predictable person to be around. And then that yeah. can be quite distressing yeah. for those that are in the same environment because you don't know what, which yeah. person am I getting today? Well, and there's that. And then that can actually attract harmful people to you because the people who thrive off of your unpredictability are themselves unpredictable and possibly manipulative, and they will manipulate that unpredictability. Mm. So there's a lot of um, saviors who can kind of come into play. Yeah. It seems that when I when I run into, for example, a patient who who has emotional ability or uh, you know inability to self soothe, there's always this just peanut gallery of shitheads around them, <laughs> like idiot boyfriends um, yeah. who come in and protect them when they're sort of feeling like they're, they're really off the chain and then, but are generally just leeches uh, mm. in every other sense of the word. So, mm. so self-soothing sounds really hard. <laughs> so <laughs> tell us a, more about self-soothing. What does that look like? So I think it's probably different for different people. So, you know, the same way we don't all like the same uh, food for dinner. Mm. We'll have, each of us have different things that are going to help to satisfy that or help us kind of shift that emotional state and help us satisfy that need. I think some of the things that I would look at are changing the environment. Mm. So, you know, can I get outside? Can I be somewhere different? If I can't be outside, can I at least change rooms? Can I sit in a different room? Can I be by a window so I've got some natural light, some fresh air? Can I, mm. can I sit in the garden? So really looking at the environment that's around you. For me, it's around really managing the story train. So we've talked about the story train, I think, before, where thoughts are just thoughts. 
Okay, mm. like they'll come into the mind and some thoughts will be helpful, some thoughts will be unhelpful. Mm-hmm. And we choose whether we get on the train with those thoughts or not. <laughs> yeah. And we choose how far we go. Yeah. Um, it's a great analogy that a friend of mine uses and I've stolen um, <laughs> <lately>. <laughs> because I love it so much. So it's yeah. like, am I getting off at stop three? Am I getting off at stop nine? Am I going all the way to the terminal? So yeah. really, we, we get to choose kind of what we do with those thoughts. Mm. So there's something in that for me is around that intervention of the negative thoughts that come up how do we let how do we notice them and let go Mm. and release them Mm. um because that's part of the Mm self-soothing it's around doing an activity that you really like like Mm. what would be your go-to activity if you wanted to lift your spirits what would that look like Mm. and choose something that's going to help there's other thoughts around kind of, med- you know, the normal kind of meditation, journaling, um, having a chat with somebody who you can trust and rely mm. on to support you. Um, so surround yourself with some positive influences in life. Mm. We've all got that kind of wise sage friend that we turn to in times of crisis. Like, yeah. who is that for you? And yeah. maybe have some of those conversations. Yeah. So there would be a few things that I would start with. What about you? You know, to be honest, I like the fact that a lot of those are just playing the clock out because emotions will eventually, the storm will eventually subside in a few days, maybe a few hours, sometimes a few days. So a lot of these things are just buying you some time and putting your mind to more creative or relaxing or productive pursuits in the meantime. So I love, I love that. You could probably just stick with those and be, and be perfectly fine. I've told you about my weird one of starting to clean if I'm annoyed or angry. Yes. So when I get into that rage kind of state, it's like, mm-hmm. right, I'm just going to clean the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing because then you've got a clean kitchen at the end of it. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could maybe do with a bit more anger in my life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, that, that sounds great. I, th- I think the, you know, to add to everything that you said, because all those are great activities, it it really is like if you look at your emotions like a storm and or a weather pattern, it comes in, it goes out, yeah. and it will stay for as long as the weather does. Like, yeah. you know, and yes, you can certainly manage that. But, you know, if you find yourself noticing that you can't really push anger or heartbreak out of the way necessarily, but you can certainly observe it, you know, yeah. pass by. So, if you look at emotions like clouds in the sky, and if you can start to sort of just observe and notice what you're feeling and detach that, you know, sometimes our emotions, our emotions are just emotions sometimes that you're right. It's the thought train. Sometimes we make, it makes us feel like we're under in danger. And oftentimes these emotions can happen. It's not that we're in danger. It's not, you know, life or limb situation. Mm -hmm. They, they really are. It's a strong feeling, but it doesn't mean that you're in danger. You can sit and observe it. You don't have to do something right away. There's a great analogy, which is, um, so that, I think you're um, referring to there is the fight flight response that mm. kind of kicks in. We've got yeah. this safety mechanism in the brain that helps us to ward off any danger. The problem is it's a bit like a smoke alarm. Sometimes it goes off when there's a real fire. Sometimes it just goes off because you burn a bit of toast, right? <laughs> yeah. It's really like hypersensitive. So that alert in your brain that's constantly looking for danger is mm-hmm. there it's it's on high alert all the time so you know a bit like that smoke alarm that goes off in a, in the wrong way sometimes that will be happening yeah. so i think it's really handy isn't it to just as you say observe what's going on 
I would maybe try some kind of self-coaching questions as well. Like, um, what is it about this situation that is mm. triggering me? What is it that's making me feel so upset, angry, you know, insert whatever emotion you're going through? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When have I felt like this before? Mm. What did I do about it? How did I, what did I do last time I was in this situation mm. or similar situation or a similar emotion? Mm-hmm. And that will help to give you some clues as well, I think, as to what's going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's somebody that I work with who's identified sort of a strong internal voice, that that sage voice within themselves. And it's mm. a very quiet voice, whereas there's a lot of nattering from sort of the peanut gallery. And that's all the freaking out about emotions yeah. and uh, about the smoke alarms. Mm. Uh, but that really quiet voice, my client has actually been able to sort of tune into the quiet voice and be like, okay, yeah. guys, be quiet. What is my quiet voice saying? And the quiet voice is like, you're fine. Mm. Just keep going. Yeah. And this is hard because we don't listen to the quietest voice in the room. <laughs> That's yeah. the problem. We listen to the idiots who are, you know, going crazy. So, yeah, I, I would refer to that voice as your spirit guide or your essence. Like, mm. what is the true essence of me saying in this situation? And mm. you're right, it requires you to sit and mm-hmm. you might not get an answer straight away. So sometimes you need some patience to be able to hear that voice above the rest of the noise. But it will be there. Yeah. And the more you practice, the more you ask the question, the easier it will be to get the answer from within. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I mm. like that very much. You know, it's funny, though, your questions actually provoked something in me is that you you asked, you know, some of the questions to ask is, when have you felt like this before? Yeah. What kind of situations have you felt like this before? The thing about emotion is that it's a two-edged sword because often we we will go into action when we feel an emotion, but then we'll slip into inertia when we don't feel the emotion. So if you find that you're having a frequent emotional reaction to a situation that you're in, mm. it might be a sign that something about the situation has to shift. But yeah. when that emotion passes, you may slip into inertia. And the perfect example of that is a relationship in which things are not completely serving you. It may not be healthy, may not be serving you, and something's coming up again and again. Yeah, there's a pattern there, yeah then you might want to, in your journaling, write a little note to yourself to say in four days time when I'm feeling great and when I'm about to sweep everything under the rug again, mm. that's when this is. it's time to look at this because there's something that my body is saying is like, this isn't right. I need to change myself. I need to, you know, how do I do a better job of like disabling the, the smoke alarm? Or is there something about the smoke alarm that is actually telling me I do need to uh, shift things? Yeah. But don't do it in the storm of the emotion. Do it Make a note to yourself four days later mm-hmm. when you're feeling fine. That's when you look at it. That's the time. Yeah. 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 Feels very peaceful now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Self-soothing. Yeah. Yeah. I, the thing that comes up for me is this is like a real positive thing because actually what this is saying is I've got all of this ability within myself and I don't need I don't need somebody else to provide this for me. I can provide all of this. It's all within my Mm. gift. It's all within my control. It's in my sphere. And that that feels like a good place to be. That feels really positive. Yes. Oh, completely. Yeah. But it's not easy. Like it's a a set of skills that needs to be developed. So give yourself a healthy dose of of patience because you're not going to hit it out of the park right away. Mm. But if you practice with this in a few months, I'll say usually takes about a few months to really sort of get good at being able to regulate your emotions. But, but this is all in your control is so true. It's Mm. totally your business. (laughs) I'm in my business and nobody else's business. Yeah, no, heck yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And like everything, like we go to YouTube to try to figure out how to do DIY stuff around the house. So we don't have to, you know, rely on, you know, expensive contractors. So just in the same way is like imagining that you're doing your own DIY. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. It's all in my own toolbox. It is. Yeah. Just in the section we never learned to like open. Yeah. It's still in the cellophane. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking about like when you get like a makeup kit and you have all Mm. these eyeshadow colors and you only sort of start with some of them and the rest Mm. go unused. And then one fine day you realize, oh my gosh, and you start putting on the other colors. You're like, these are freaking fabulous. And and now I've got a whole new set of eyeshadow colors that I never even looked at. And now I love it. And I'm going to use it every day. Sounds good. Yeah. Bring on the color. Bring on the color. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, I feel positively uplifted now. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Would you like a question? Oh, yes, please. Okay. The question this week is, the kids have left home and I'm not sure I can stay in my marriage. What do I do next? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I bet this is coming up for a few people right now as we move into the transition of the end of the academic year and we'll have a bit of a summer break and there's going to be a lot of children, (sighs) mine included, going (laughs) off to university and leaving home. Yeah. And this is going to present a few challenges in a few households, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I do work with a client who's children are going to be leaving Mm. in September. And, and this client realizes that they show up differently to their relationship when their kids are in the house versus when they're not like, it's a drastic Mm. shift in, in the perspective in the way that they approach them. The kids are a buffer. Kids can serve many purposes, sometimes a buffer, sometimes distraction. Mm. Um, Sometimes they add more stress, sometimes they ease stress. But either which way, empty nest, oh, That's a terrifying thing for some folks. Yeah, it is. You get the sense this person has just been tolerating stuff for years, right? There's so much pent up emotion. Yeah, I think definitely the toleration is there for me. Mm -hmm. I also think that this person has been considering and contemplating this for a while. Mm -hmm. And and now it's kind of the the end of the line is almost coming. Mm. And it's that realization that actually this is really going to happen. But I also get the feeling that I don't know that it's not a necessary kind of, you know, split or, you know, that's the only option. I kind of feel like if you've been tolerating it for that long, there must be a reason. And some of Mm. that might be fear, but Mm. it could also be actually that you still love the person Mm -hmm. in which case there's still hope there's I always think there's still hope Mm, yeah (laughs) ever the eternal romantic optimist yes (laughs) absolutely absolutely do you get the sense as I do that that this person has now hasn't things have been so busy in sort of the child rearing years that this is not a couple that has worked on anything till date (laughs) no, <laughs> you're no getting that going on here yeah 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 this <laughs> has just been thoughts in people's done. minds yeah, yeah yeah i think there's a lot of um there's a big panel going on inside of the head with the 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 committee are all having a bit of a chit chat about it on a regular basis <laughs> and i would imagine it's mentally exhausting yeah and nothing the partner has no idea what the judge and jury are clue. deciding yeah not a clue yeah Wow. Okay. So yeah. And and that's a hard thing. Like, where do you start if you're decades into a relationship Mm. feels and you and I both know it is possible. If you've never had a conversation, there's a lot that's possible. But 
Oh, where do you start? Mm. Well, I think it's never too late. I think, you know, everything's possible. I think everything is up for grabs. Mm. I do really get the sense that there hasn't been any conversation so far. Mm -hmm. So I think it's starting soft. It's starting gentle. Mm. It's having a neutral space to be able to just have a chat. It's, you know, saying I've been having some thoughts. I'm kind of like, how do you feel about Mm. kids leaving home or going to uni or whatever it is? You know, how do you feel that we things will be different? So maybe Mm. even keeping it quite neutral as in not introducing anything negative or positive just around how do you think things will be different? That's Mm -hmm. just a question, isn't it? Yeah, that's lovely. I'm thinking too of of folks who they might have known what they were into decades ago, right? When they were Mm. dating, when they had maybe they had a couple of years before they had kids. I'm pretty sure that these people don't know each other, don't know what mm. they're, you know, and again, we and we all evolve and change, right? So these are people who've evolved and changed and grown, but yeah. without a dialogue, because the kids were always the biggest thing to talk about and mm. running the house and everything. So, you know, those lists that we do, like in, in relationship coaching is like, you know, what's your ideal date? What do you, how do you, what do you like to have fun? What are your hobbies? Yeah. Where do you want to travel? You know, there's these lists of like the 50 questions to ask of a new partner, and they're really cool questions, right? Yeah. Uh, Desert Island questions and all that. Mm. This would be a beautiful time to start in on a collective activity to get to know each other again. Mm. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm this many years old. My kids are just leaving for college. What's your story? How are you? What you, What are you all about? Yeah. And things like that feel a bit weird to begin with, right? Because you think this isn't right this isn't real but if we can have an open mind and just go with it and have some fun and play around yeah then who knows where it all where the conversation will take you yeah I think it feels funny only because you think you know this person and Mm. you don't actually know them you know (laughs) them as a a co-parent yeah and some I'll say some relationships have done a really good job of keeping date night alive and keeping, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it's the minority. Like I'm, I'm going to say that the vast majority of couples, like if you're a couple who has not really kept the flame of the relationship alive and you've just been the co-parent role, mm. you're not alone. That's yeah. Cause raising kids is like, it's, it's like work. a hurricane in your life every yeah. day for like 18 years, too many years, <laughs> too many years. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I would say like nothing is too small or silly an activity. Like mm. the more childlike, the more playful that you can get, yeah. the better off. Yeah. It is a real chance to get to know each other again. The other thing I would look at is the strengths that you've already got in your relationship. Like what is it that you admire mm. about each other? What, um, what do they do that brings out the best in you and vice versa? Mm. Really looking at some of those elements and yeah. and celebrate them a bit more and have some conversations about them and build on those strengths. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm. And I always like to talk about getting back to that desire that you initially had. Like, what was the thing that you initially that initially drew you to them? And that's probably still there. Mm. And so that's one of your big strengths. One of your big strengths is what brought you together in the first place. And, you know, some people might look back and say, look, the decisions that I took in my early 20s are not actually the decisions. It's not the thing that attracts me to people now. And that's okay. Mm. I mean, you know, I love that you're an eternal optimist. And I think that we should (laughs) lead with optimism. But don't let that, you know, make you discouraged. If you come up with a lot of stuff, maybe you've really changed. Maybe who you were in your early 20s is not who you are in your 40s. And that is what it is. I mean, obviously still try to build bridges as you can, but, and maybe this is also the time to ask the same questions of yourself. Like, 
this is a crazy question. Like, do you even know yourself? Do you know who you are mm. as somebody who, yeah, right? Well, uh, there'll, there'll be a huge element of this, you know, whether mm. it's the mother or the father asking this question, there is a huge element to that, which is, I've always just been a parent or I've always just been a wife or a husband and a parent. And, and I don't know, I don't know who I am without that function, without that job. It's a bit like when you get made redundant, right? Like you invest so much energy and that, that role that you're playing becomes part of you. It it helps to identify you. It's the same thing, right? And somebody's taken that part away. That part is going. You're no longer, it feels like you're no longer needed. Like you feel redundant in your own life. And so some of that, you know, go back to the kind of self-soothing, some of that will require some self-soothing to get beyond that. Yeah, it's true. And to deal with some of those emotions that come up. So you're right, they probably don't know who they are because they've played this role in life um for the last 20 years i'm a provider i'm a yeah. parent i'm a taxi driver i'm a cook yeah. I'm, a <laughs> I'm the house a delivery maid. person for yeah. quarantines yeah. yeah all of that all of that yeah. and and then when you get that it's almost like a freedom that comes with it because i don't have to play that role anymore but mm-hmm. i don't know what role i want to play ah. so there is some self-exploration yeah. there i think i'm thinking of retirement this comes up mm. in retirement as well yeah. yeah. You know what I think the painful thing is it happens and it ends so quickly. The role that you've been playing for 20, 30, 40 yeah. years, it ends immediately and everybody moves on. Something mm. that they, so physicians, we pour our heart, soul, blood and tears into our practices and we often put away our, our personal lives and so forth for our patients and so forth. Mm-hmm. And we end, you know, those good old community doctors, they'll, they'll spend their entire career in medicine. Mm -hmm. And something that a retiring physician told me is just know that when you retire within 10 days, people will have forgotten about you. Mm. And it's heartbreaking because you think, you know, this, this is, this has been your life. It's of course, your kids are not going to forget about you, but it's going to be like, they'll have moved on. (laughs) (laughs) But, but certainly moved on. Like they'll have their own thing and everybody's really adaptable, but I think it's the people Mm. It's the person who, who retires, whose kids leave the nest and so forth. They're the person who is still remembering and, and holding on because they've invested decades of their life. But that thing they invested in just moves on. It's like it's gone, like a, yeah. like a puff of air. It's, it's gone. Yeah. So I wonder what you can do to prepare. You can kind of see this coming down the road. Mm. You know that your kids are, are going off to school. So it seems to me, you know, and I, one of my clients was like, well, I think I should wait till my kids leave. And I thought, well, is there an opportunity to start working on this now? Yeah. You might not feel like it because, you know, in the months leading up to them leaving, it's crazy. It's chaos. It's right. Mm. There's no downtime to really kind of think. I mean, right now you're, you've got a kid on, on track and trace right now and you're doing like DoorDash to them right yeah. now. So, <laughs> you know, so, but where is your time to be able to like reflect and think and do some mm. of this inventory work? Yeah. I think getting prepared is a really good starting position. The other thing is around looking at what is it, what does it mean? So nothing has meaning until we give it meaning. Mm. And so if we look at this situation, there's some meaning that's being placed on it. Like, and I would guess it's around kind of, I'm not needed anymore. I'm superfluous mm-hmm. to requirements. I've put in all this effort and now kind mm. of that's it. So that's one way of looking at it. An alternative way of looking at it is, I've done a great job and I've done everything that I should have done because I'm now able to send this person out into the universe to function as a little Mm. mini adult. And that's happening because of Ah. the work that I've invested. 
And now it's my time, it's my opportunity to mm. invest something back in myself, invest something back in my relationship. Mm. And it's a, the opportunity then is to rekindle things and to get ah. some of that spark back. Right. So nice. if we look at it with a slightly different lens rather than, I'm not sure I can stay in my marriage, I don't know what to do next. Yeah. What if we looked at it with a different lens, which is my kids are leaving home and now I've got the opportunity to examine the type of relationship I want with my partner mm -hmm. and I've got the time and the energy to invest in that relationship to make it the best relationship it can be so that yeah. we can then see out the next 20, 30 years or whatever that next time frame is. Right. It's a blank slate. Yeah. You have a blank slate in front of you and you can, you can paint it with whatever colors yeah. you want. You've always yeah. got the opportunity for a fresh piece of paper. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Nice. Always the optimist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Leading with optimism is never going to be harmful. I'm always <laughs> going to temper it with reality just because if you, you know, if, if people tread out there and they realize they're, they're coming to the plate and the partner is not playing ball and is just not giving an inch and not participating, if you go down months down the road and you're like, oh my gosh, nothing is moving, yeah. that's when with a client I'll be like, okay. All right. So what do you want to do? We yeah. see there's no movement. Now, what are your choices? Yeah. Now, what do you want to do? Yeah. 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 And you've always got, I think you've always got choices. You know, I'll go back to the thing that clients often say to me is their regrets are that they didn't do something sooner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would always question, what have you really done to get the relationship mm -hmm. that you want? What, what effort have you really put in? <laughs> Like most of us, you, none. And, yeah. and a lot of the time it is, it's zero. It's like, well, yeah. I haven't done anything because I just expect it to work. Yes. And in this phrase, I just expect my relationship to work. It's ludicrous. Yeah. Yes. Right? Like yeah. that's not reality. Where is there anything in your life that's successful that you haven't had to put a bit of effort in? Yeah. You know, Bingo, we, can't, yeah. we can't make an, a nice, beautiful cake and not and not have to put a little bit of effort in. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not magic. We don't put a <laughs> tin in the oven with nothing in it and, and out pops a cake. That's not yeah. how it works. So true. And relationships are no different. You know, we've got to get the right ingredients. We've got to mix it right. We've got to have it in the right mm -hmm. temperature to get something that's beautiful at the other end. Yeah. Very I true. really want to make a cake now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to eat a cake now. <laughs> Bring me cake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm thinking like, yes, or like, actually, because it's so hot around here, I think some good ice cream, like cake mm. ice cream, or like cookie dough nice. ice cream would be so nice. great. Nice. Yeah. Back on food. <laughs> Back on food. Oh. oh, yeah. So things feel more promising. So yeah, you, you know, I would just really question kind of what have you done so far? What, what are you prepared to do? And how far do you want to take it? Nice. Because there's just so many choices and options there that are yeah. available. And it probably just doesn't feel like it because it sounds like there's some heavy weight there. There's, as, you, as we kind of yeah. started in the beginning of the conversation, there's a lot of tolerance. There's a lot of, um, I'm just accepting things mm. the way that they are. And that's hard work. That's hard. It's yeah. um, energetically draining. Yeah. yeah. So there's a period, I think, to have some self-healing, some self-soothing. Right. Uh, get the energy levels back up then consider, okay, what do I want my next move to be? How do I want things to be? What am I prepared to do to make it different? Right. Yeah. Oh, nice. That feels like something to dig your teeth into. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a nice way to start our week. Yes, it is. I'm ready for the week ahead now. Yeah. And maybe another weekend because if the weather keeps up, 
Yes. That might be two weekends in a row on gorgeous garden furniture. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. I hope things kind of settle down in Jersey because I hope, I, I don't imagine there's any talk of like shutting the restaurants down or anything. It's more sort of I don't think so. I think the challenges around um, restaurants being short of staff and retail places being short of staff because uh, a lot of them rely on, a lot of it's to do with the kids have come back from university and and then they're all kind of getting together. They're all mixing, which they're allowed to do. They're not breaking any any rules. And of course, they want to spend the summer together. That's normal and natural. And there's a lot of parties because there's a lot of birthdays, 18th, 21st, 16th, like so yeah. people are getting together and they're allowed to do that they're not doing anything wrong but it then is causing this isolation and oh. um and i think a lot of the restaurants will be struggling for staff because oh shoot because all these kids in quarantine oh my gosh yeah. that's so funny <laughs> so <laughs> it is yeah. so true we shall watch this space i think at some point we've got to learn to live with this virus and um right we've just got to accept that it's going to be there it's going to be in the community and right but when that will be i have no idea <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be nice to imagine there's gonna be a post-covid world it, it doesn't look like it uh, you know mm. certainly we'd love for vaccination rates to, to really pick up it, it'll be the whack-a-mole like you yeah. think you're contained and then some, it pops up somewhere else and it's yeah. mutated and that sort of thing yeah 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 well still i hope some of your favorite restaurants remain to be staffed and that there's yes. good times ahead. Scrummy oh, food. Yes. yes. Definitely. Definitely. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, till next week then. All right. Till next week. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.